0: Hello and welcome to Falmouth Vineyard's audio podcast. We're really grateful that you're joining us today. Our vision is to see Cornwall coming alive through the hope and freedom that Jesus brings. To find out more about who we are or how to connect with us, visit falmouthvineyard.org. We'd love to hear from you. We are starting a new series, As Yet Untitled. Something around the gospel. Um, And I want to highly recommend to you a book. This will be book of the month. It's called The Gospel Precisely by Dr. Matthew Bates. It's my kind of book. Look how small it is. Oh. Only 117 pages. That's a book you can read in one day, easily. So um, I heard a podcast with him speaking to Jay Pathak, who's the vineyard director of the U.S., Um, And it was profound and simple. And I like things that are profound and simple. So um, buy this book. It's great. Surprisingly good news about Jesus Christ the King. Emphasis on the King Jesus. So some of that will be working its way into this series as well. So um, that will be book of the month for February. We'll change the slide to reflect that. I really wanted to spend the run-up to Easter thinking about the gospel. Now, if you've been around the church for any length of time, you will have heard that phrase, you will have heard that word. But what do you understand by it? Um, What is the gospel? What isn't the gospel? Why is it good news? Is it good news for everyone? Where does it start and where does it end? Are we meant to share it? Is it still relevant? Those are just a few of the questions I had as we went into this, this series. My hope is that we would rediscover, or discover maybe for the first time, the truth and the urgency of the gospel, that we would be transformed by its simplicity, but also its depth, and that we would be equipped, hopefully, to be able to share this good news with others. Um, <clears throat> but firstly, what do we even mean by the phrase gospel? Now, I was very tempted to show you the Bible Project video on this because it's, as usual, phenomenal. So you can do that in your own time. That's your homework. Um, it basically, this word gospel means good news. It comes from the Greek word evangela- evangelion, evangelion. I've always heard it. anyway. I'm going to say different ways. And this kind of phrase is of a re- messenger bringing good news or good tidings. Now, so say a war was won in the ancient world. They didn't have phones. They didn't have newspapers. Um, they didn't have, even have posts Well, they f- a far-flung um, empire distributing the news of a war won or a new Caesar or this kind of news, um, they would have sent a herald, sent this messenger to bring this gospel, this good news. So a recent example would have been um, when the queen died and King Charles was... I don't know what the right word is, made king, um, and messages were sent throughout the Commonwealth, and it was proclaimed in town squares that Charles is king, and some of you may have even been down to Falmouth Town Square or over to Redruth to hear this gospel, this good news of the King Charles, so that's a gospel, that's of messengers going out to share this good news, so Jesus does the same thing, and we have four books of the Bible that are called gospels, they are the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if I pause here, which I'm very tempted to do, but we're not going to, and said you had three minutes to explain to the person sitting next to you what is the gospel, what would you say? You're at a bus stop. The person next to you says, well, what did you do yesterday? What did you do on Sunday? What did you do with your Sunday mornings? Why were you at ch- what? You were at church? what do you even believe? Why is it good news? What would you say? And more specifically for this morning, where would you even start? Where is the starting point of the gospel, this good news story? So two things I've been mulling over the last few weeks, and this is why I want to do this series, is that I hope in discovering what the gospel is, it will make it easier to share, and not just share, but to demonstrate I think we're called to know what and maybe more specifically who the good news is. But we're also called to be the good news, to demonstrate this good news. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you will be discipled towards the gospel you believe. You will be discipled towards the gospel you you believe. What you find good news, you will be discipled by and towards. So I think it's incredibly important that we come to some kind of um, recognition of what the gospel is. What is the good news for you, for us? If your gospel is simply about praying a one-off prayer for forgiveness of sin in order to get to heaven when you die, that is what your discipleship will revolve around, sin management. I I must remember to pray enough and be good enough so that when I die, I go to heaven. Now, that's a part of it but that's not all of it, and that's really bad theology of where heaven is and what heaven's like as well. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Where would you start in explaining the gospel to someone? Another question would be, when Jesus tells the people he has a gospel, he has good news, where does Jesus start? If you've got your Bible, why don't you open it or scroll to the book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark. We're going to be in chapter 1, We've only got two verses. It's going to be really, really simple. The context of these two verses, that it's right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Mark doesn't bother with the nativity story. It's too fluffy. He goes straight to the point of John the Baptist. He's straight to John the Baptist, preparing the way and calling the Jews to repent and be baptized for their sins. John's message was there is one about to arrive. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is this chosen one. He is this promised one king that Israel had been expecting. But then John gets thrown in, in prison and eventually beheaded. And Jesus starts his message, his ministry, by saying these words in verse 14 of Mark chapter 1. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near, has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now this phrase, this statement is packed full of meaning that we can very easily miss. According to Jesus, what is the good news about? The good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, is that the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God is arrived, it's breaking in. But what does that even mean? Now it's really important that as a vineyard church, our emphasis and framework is the kingdom of God. When Jesus says the kingdom of God has come near, or has arrived, or is at hand, they would have got excited. The the crowd, the listeners would have got excited. For us, we're like, well, I've got some vague idea of what that might be, but I don't know if I'd be able to fully explain to someone. This wasn't a concept that Jesus invented in the moment. This was language and a theme that, that would have had deep meaning for his audience. A friend recently had an exam and they were waiting for the results. We had prayed together. Their job depended on them passing this exam. They finally came through and said, I've passed. I knew exactly what they meant when they said they passed. They didn't have to explain again what exam they were doing, why it was so important. All they had to say were two words. Three, I've passed. Or it's a bit like when you've got a friend um, expecting a baby and you're on standby to take them to hospital you ever been in that situation you're waiting for that phone call um, and they just say it's on the way and you drop everything you know in that phrase it's on the way exactly what they mean and you know exactly what to do you don't have to say could you just explain that a bit more and they say well when we got married we decided to try for a baby and now we're pregnant and we've gone for scans and it's nearly time for the baby to come Now, remember when you said we were having a baby and you said you would help us get to the hospital? Well, we're actually now in labor and there's quite a bit of screaming going on. And so um, we said we would call you if you remember. Could you take us to the hospital over in Truro? Now, it's not the main entrance. It's the entrance round of the maternity unit. Um, We live down the road. This is our address. It's got a blue door. You can park right outside. Now, the hospital in Truro, as I said, it's not the main entrance for a You go round the corner to the maternity unit. Just drop us at the maternity ward, please. Would that be OK? Um, all they have to do is say, it's on the way. You drop everything. You know the full weight of meaning behind this phrase. You just get there and get them to the hospital. In the same way, these two phrases, I've passed, and it's on the way, are packed full of meaning history and expectation this phrase the kingdom of god is so packed with meaning now we haven't got time in some ways to just to to, to summarize the whole of the concept of the kingdom of god i would recommend this book to you if you want to go deep on the kingdom it's a book called breakthrough by Derek morphew it's phenomenal and explaining a theology of the kingdom of god and why it's so important in the way we do church um And it kind of seamlessly links to our Daniel series. So if you want to catch up with our Daniel series on YouTube, you can do that on the podcast. Because God had chosen Israel, starting way back with Abraham as his chosen nation. He had rescued this nation from Egypt where they were enslaved. God, or Yahweh, intervenes in their situation. Here's the cry of their oppression and the injustice that they're subject to and redeems them, rescues them, leads them into eventually the promised land. And they mess up again and again. They have judges and then they have a king and they want to be like all the nations around them. Saul and then David are anointed and crowned and then Solomon and then this whole list of kings. In the time of Solomon, you've got these kind of glory years in the Old Testament where the Queen of Sheba arrives to visit. and She's heard of the fame of King Solomon. In 1 Kings 10, she visits him and his kingdom, and she's overwhelmed by his wisdom and his palace and his food and the burnt offerings. And this is a picture of the whole world visiting the church and going, oh my goodness, we can see what God is doing. They come and see and they want to see, and sometimes they're overwhelmed by the expression of the kingdom of God through his community. There's almost a magnetism within the community of a community truly celebrating the kingdom of God and his presence among them. People see this and are overwhelmed. There's something different about this people, this church, this community. They care and they love each other. They show me as a visitor, uh, like, welcome and love. And impossible things seem to happen. People get healed and incredible ideas get realized. But from then on in the history of Israel, it's downhill bad king after bad king the prophets are talking of exile and judgment and doom but they also at the same time say if you turn you will be restored and you will return many of the prophets around this time talk about the day of the lord the day of yahweh the day he will return his king with his kingdom some say it will happen in the later days or the last days a long time in the future And all the prophets are talking in the same kind of imagery and pictures using different languages, different language. This is how the prophets speak about it. Isaiah says things like, the glory of God will be so great, the sun will be embarrassed to shine. It will burst in like a great flood upon us. A descendant of David is coming who will be greater than he ever was, more anointing than David ever had. And all nations will be attracted to this person. And then there are the servant passages, talking about the Messiah, the one in whom the covenant will be restored and through whom the failure of the nation will be absorbed. This is all in the prophets. The coming of the Holy Spirit is depicted using image like a flood, transforming the dry wilderness into super abundance. God's people will flourish abundantly with the coming of this descendant of David. Not only that, there will be a forgiveness of sins. God will blot out the transgressions of his people. It will involve healing the sick. It will involve releasing from the releasing from every form of captivity. The blind will see. The lame will walk. The prisoners will be set free. He'll bring liberty from bondage and slavery. And then there will be peace and shalom at a whole new level. There are pictures in the prophets about the lion and the lamb and the child will be able to play together in the garden and no one would eat anyone else death itself would be reversed the dead will rise and then there will be a feast of all feasts eclipsing solomon's table and god will be the host all nations will be his guest and the best of meats and fine wines will be served and the mountains and hills will burst into song and all the trees of uh, the field will clap their hands all reality will be changed the world would be replaced as we know it a new age of the kingdom of god would begin And there will be a new people of God. To Israel will be added a people from every tribe and nation. And they will be gathered into this new Jerusalem where there will be safety and peace. When everything that is broken would be restored. A new heaven, a new earth will be established as God rules and reigns supreme. Everything evil will be judged. And every ruler who is opposed, God will be brought down. And God will remove everything that is evil and that has come against his kingdom. When the kingdom of God comes, that is what will happen. So when Jesus stands up at the beginning of Mark and said, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, all of this meaning is in this announcement. So if you quickly quickly scan just over Mark chapter 1, Everything happens very, very quickly. I love the way that Gospel of Mark describes the ministry of Jesus. It's almost like it's in fast fast forward. They move quickly. There's momentum after years of stagnation, years of silence. The story suddenly kicks in and goes into fast forward. Just look at the first chapter. John the Baptist arrives. Jesus is baptized. The Holy Spirit anoints Jesus, and at once he's driven into the wilderness. They have a tussle with Satan. He comes back, calls his disciples to follow him, and he immediately they leave their businesses, and they follow him. He goes into the synagogue, and right away a demon manifests, and he drives it out. He goes from to Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law is sick, and he heals her. And that very evening, the whole village turns up with all those that are ill, and he heals them all. He gets up early the next morning and says to his disciple, let's keep moving because he's got to announce the kingdom of God to the whole of Israel. That's just the first chapter of Mark. My goodness, everything just like, if you imagine like prophetic voices saying, what will happen in the future? And then two to three hundred years of silence from the prophets and things just like tick along. And then suddenly Jesus arrives on the scene and everything goes crazy. All the things that Isaiah had talked about start happening. The blind are starting to see. The lame are walking. Evil is being trampled on. Now, for me personally, the narrative or the story of the kingdom of God is one of the reasons we joined Trent Vineyard up in Nottingham just after we got married, just over 20 years ago. The story of the kingdom of God made a lot of sense to me. i had grown up in quite a conservative evangelical Baptist church. I knew the word. We had the God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And teaching was weighted heavily towards the knowledge of the Word of God. And the teaching was fantastic, if a tiny bit lopsided. When we first walked into Trent Vineyard, I saw evidence of the Holy Spirit, his presence in worship. You would have felt that this morning. His healing and deliverance in times of ministry. I heard people have prophetic words and had pictures and even dreams. And I heard people interpreting these words, pictures, and dreams I saw a community that deeply cared about the poor and the oppressed in the city. They cared for and loved those on the streets. Every small group helped out with the soup run, taking soup and sandwiches to the vulnerably housed on the streets in Nottingham. They had a ministry called The Arches. I think it's, why well, it might still be called the same thing. Is it still? Compassion Ministries. Compassion Ministries. And it's now, it used to be in a couple of railway arches, and now it's got a ginormous warehouse. It used to provide just furniture, for households that had been provided by the council sometimes empty houses and flats to live in, whether it was asylum seekers or refugees or those getting their lives back together after fleeing abusive relationships or addiction being broken. They might be given accommodation, but quite often it was empty and quite often it was horrible. But I had a problem seeing all this because all I'd ever known was that I was a sinner and I needed to repent from my sins because one day I needed to get to heaven. So I needed to be as good as possible to make sure that happened. The issue that I had was that I didn't have a theological framework to fit this expression of the church and the kingdom together. I thought that this stuff wasn't actually meant to happen. I thought it wasn't about works. It was about faith, and it absolutely is. And then I heard this theology, this concept of the kingdom of God, and I started to realize that actually Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God it was a big deal to him. The starting point of the gospel is the rightful king has arrived in history. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit at his baptism and declares that his kingdom is near and is at hand, and that is very good news. Jesus announces the emergence of the gospel of his kingship, his reign, and his authority, his kingdom. In Luke 4, Verse 18 and 19, where he cites Isaiah again and says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love what Matthew Bates says in this book, Gospel Precisely. Another plug says this, Jesus' spirit anointing as king was gospel. That is good news for the people, especially for the poor, the blind, the oppressed, and the captives. This new king would be radically for the down and out. Now, we're going to move into communion. And this is just a taster of kind of this concept of the gospel of the kingdom of God. We are going to share in a minute the bread and the grape juice. I think it's all gluten-free. It's all gloom-free. And we're going to remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, his body broken for our sins, atoning for our sins. And we're going to remember his resurrection. But what struck me again this week is that Jesus, this divine king, the Christ, was crucified and rose from the dead. The Christ, the Messiah, the anointed king, now reigns. He's not in the tomb He's not gone on to this weird place. Physically, he sits at the right hand of God, reigning. The forgiveness that we seek, the reconciliation with God, the removal of sin and the shame that flows, it flows through the King, Jesus Christ, crucified, raised and now reigning. Jesus is our saviour. He has atoned for our sin. That is the good news, but he also is the Christ, the anointed king who rules and reigns and has authority in our life so the question we have to ask ourselves as we come towards the bread and the grape juice that remind us of this sacrifice is are we submitting to the rule and reign of king jesus the christ in our lives what areas of our life do we need to bring under his authority where does he need to speak and move jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. He is alive and he is king. If you think of the vision that Stephen has as he's being stoned, as he's being martyred, he sees heaven open and he sees Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. Actually, he sees Jesus stand up and come towards him. Anyway, is Jesus getting 100% of your loyalty? Our discipleship journey is slow or maybe quick. It's that journey of submitting our lives to his authority. It's not easy, is it? We don't like to give up control. But then as we submit, we partner with his mandate, his co-mission to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. That is good news because King Jesus is alive. His reign has started. It has broken in heaven, has broken into earth. Is it here fully? No we still see pain we see suffering there's an aspect of the kingdom that's not yet it's here and we see amazing healings but we also see people not healed we see incredible acts of deliverance and people set free from oppression but we still see areas of the world and areas of the country where people are still enslaved it's now and it's not yet paul says this in philippians chapter 2 just to pr- bring this into is the communion stuff That'd be amazing. Yeah, great. Um, so Paul says this, and I love this because I think it kind of summarizes this concept of who Jesus is and why he's so important. Paul says this, verse uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 1, Philippians. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not look into your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, the nature of the kingdom is the nature of the cross. It's about sacrifice. It's about preferring others first. Verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as King Jesus, as Christ Jesus. Who, being very... That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the glory of God, the Father. That's why we can sing. We want to speak Jesus. We want to speak Jesus. And I hope as we move through this sermon series, we will get good at this language of the kingdom, speaking Jesus, speaking his breakthrough, speaking the anticipation and the expectation of God moving, not just in church meetings, but wherever you are during the week, wherever I am during the week. That's my hope. So that's just a taster. I kind of feel that's a little introduction to the concept of the gospel of the kingdom. We're going to move seamlessly into communion And we're going to slightly change the format, just to keep you on your toes. There's lots of gluten-free bread and grape juice. We are going to dip the bread in the grape juice, okay? We've gone from Baptist to Anglican in one week, (laughs) but I love it. I love to keep you on your toes. If you go to grab the cup and give it a sip, please don't, please don't. It would just be... Ruth did this once, but... No, I'm not going to share the story. Um, (laughs) Ask her about her embarrassing communion moment. Um, There's more than one there. So um, I, I, I hope in this invitation to this very simple meal of bread and grape juice that we just discover again some of the depth of God's love for us, that he would send his son not just to be an atoning sacrifice, but to rule and reign in our lives and in the world through his community, and so the invitation here is to say, "Yes, Lord, I take this. I remember this. I remember what you have done for, m- for me. Empower me to be your good news this week, wherever I'm going." Let me pray, and then we're going to have two stations, one at each corner at the back, and one here at the front. Or we're going to have one. I'm going to look for two. Just two at the back. Sorry, that's this one's just for me. of being a pastor i get a whole jug to myself amazing um yeah so if you recognize this is a really simple meal it's profoundly deep though if you recognize your need for jesus this morning you are so welcome to get involved in this if you're not sure who jesus is and why he's so important then just let this go past it's absolutely fine there'll be plenty of people in the room that are just discovering on that journey of who jesus is and why they have want to have faith in him so um yeah just grab a little bit of bread dip it in the grape juice and then you can either eat it there or you can take it back to your seat so let's just pray and wait on god lord god we thank you we thank you god that you had a plan to rescue us from ourselves from the sin that entangles us from the behaviors the attitudes the mindsets the addictions that have entangled us that plan was your son jesus and and as we come this morning just to remember to recognize Um, what he did on the cross and where he is now reigning. Lord, we just pray you would break in um, in deeper levels in our lives, that we would find the strength and the um, empowering empowering to submit more and more deeply to you. Lord, I pray as we go through this physical action of taking the bread and the grape juice, that you would remind us of what you've done, but you'd also bring to mind areas in our lives that need to be submitted to you. And we thank you that you have made the way that we can be reconciled to our creator God. And we worship you and we bless you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I think the band are going to come up. Music will be played. Holy chaos will ensure. ensue as you find two stations. One either side, you might want to come back, you might want to do it. You can do it as a family, you can do it as friendship groups, absolutely fine. Or you can do it by yourself. Do whatever you think would help. Yeah. And we're in no rush. We've got a bit of time and then we'll do some prayer. That'd be all right. Thanks, Steph.